All right, my friends, welcome to another episode of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers, and Shakers. I am your hostess, Paulette Ristini, your movement motivator and your passion instigator, your inspirator and magic maker, and bringing to you beautiful souls from around the globe who are making change in the world. As you know, if you've been with me for any length of time, this is our third year. We're over a hundred now episodes. Woohoo! <laughs> it's very cool. And I just love networking. I love sharing what people are doing and creating and changing and being of service to you and building community, building tribe, um, and, and bringing healing of all kinds and making magic. And so today I get to bring you Cherie Burton. I'm so excited to have you here, Sheree. Thank you. Thank you, Paulette. This is Spending exciting. Spending time with me. <laughs> We're just meeting each other, and I'm so excited because she is a woman who also does many things and has many lives and <laughs> also takes care of many lives, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wear lots of hats. Yes. We're, we're D-L-O-S. Does lots of stuff. <laughs> Or shit, as the yeah yeah, yeah. recovering <laughs> recovering from a overdoer, but <laughs> <laughs> so it's so great anyway. And um, I'm not even sure where you are. Are you in Utah? Yes. Yeah. All right. So you're just an hour away from me, and that's a, that's cool. Um, so you have six children. I do, ages six to twenty-six. I have a married daughter, two grandbabies through her, and three college students and two elementary kids. It's right. crazy. And, and it sounds like that the journey of motherhood for you has been wild and painful and beautiful and all kinds of, all kinds of the things that motherhood does bring. Um, but that has helped mold your vision for the work that you do. Is that correct? Very much so. Uh, I, my mother herself had seven children. I'm the second oldest and I just... I don't know if it's the part of the Mormon culture I was raised in. I'm sure that had a heavy influence on it. Um, I sort of, you know, kind of got that programming, I guess, a little bit that, you know, women are just good for populating. <laughs> um, definitely don't feel that way now. But uh, no, I, I loved the idea of having this large family. But, uh, you know, in saying that I have all these children, I mean, I've lost five children. So um in a roundabout way, it's been fraught with a lot of loss, uncertainty, grief, uh, you know, and all the other issues that come with parenting. It's just for me, I've come to the space where I have to let go of whether or not my children are happy hmm. and give them the tools that I know can help and benefit them. And then whether they choose or not to embrace that is up to them, including the elementary children. So that's, I've had a whole shift in the way that I parent. And I think that's why the universe gave me these, there's actually 12 years between kid four and kid five. So uh, I had a lot of time to think and do a do-over. <laughs> wow. Well, that is awesome. I don't have any children. I have, I, I have children all over the world, but they're yeah. not my physical children. And, um, I'm also now a grandmother and a great grandmother with all those children around the world, which is also <laughs> very cool in a totally different way. But um, 
but how has that brought you to the coaching that you do now? Well, I, uh, I actually kind of went through an awakening, right? Kind of the beginning of 2000, the year 2000. And to make a long story short, it, um, I ended up doing the Mrs. Utah pageant. Uh, I just had this restlessness and anyway, uh, ended up not winning, but placed in the top 10, had another baby. I was like, oh, well, that was a really nice bucket list thing. But then I just got this hunger to keep doing it. So I actually won later. I won the title in 2004, five, four, yeah, 2004. And interestingly enough, my uh, as a mother of young children and kind of going out of the box and doing something so radical, like throwing on a swimsuit and a pair of heels. First of all, it didn't fit my culture at all religiously. <laughs> and also it was just like other people didn't know what to do with it, like a pageant really, but I knew in my soul, it was something I needed to do. Well, interestingly enough, um, my sister two years, I have a, two sisters were, but I'm right in the middle of a sister, a year older, a sister, two years younger. Both of them were diagnosed bipolar in our twenties. And I actually ended up getting a psych degree and just, it's been interesting, my path with mental illness and psychology and breaking family patterns. But the year that I was Mrs. Utah, my sister, two years younger than I, mother of five, took her life. Um, and in her suicide letter, she asked my, she asked, yeah, she, she basically, she felt like she could be a better guardian angel than a mother. Uh, she had a lot of mental health issues and some addiction to painkillers. And um, I say that like, that's not really her legacy to me. She was very loving and gifted and a free spirit and just a beautiful soul. Uh, but there were some things that were killing her and um, she just, anyway, so that changed the trajectory of everything from my parenting to my soul path, to my career, to the way I looked at life mental health issues. Just, I went from being more of a clinical because I have worked in an addiction recovery center and I have worked at a psychiatric hospital as a counselor. And I went straight from that into complete holistic. Uh, so it was the bridge for me in many ways, losing her. It's like, no, I'm looking at my kids going, no, like, no <laughs> My aunt committed suicide and in her suicide letter asked my parents to raise her three-year-old. So he's actually the seventh child in our family. So this has been happening systematically for as long, far back as we had ancestral records in my family on both sides. So I just knew that I didn't want, I mean, for my own children who could potentially be inheriting these traits and characteristics, I did not want to continue the pattern. So I was like, rabid mama bear. I had to find answers and not just for my kids, for my own being, as well as my life coaching clients. I just, I knew there had to be more than traditional forms of, of therapy and treatment. So, wow. That's talk about the hero's journey, right? And mm -hmm. how you are changing that, that trajectory and and wanting to make some serious changes. Well, I'm actually kind of speechless at the moment. It's like, wow, that's really intense. And so incredible for you to move forward on that path and your path and connect on a deeper level in a different way. So how has that changed your, your spirituality, your, your work? How has that changed your work? So 
I'll talk about spirituality first because I used to be a kind of an absolutist as it related to seeing the world, having this world view of very masculine, like mm. A plus B equals C, uh, a very transactional gospel, a very dogmatic absolutist approach. I was kind of already transitioning out of that way of thinking. But then when we lost her, I was like, there's no way she's going to hell. There's no way. I mean, so and I, and I say that tongue in cheek, like nobody really believes that probably anyway, but I had to parse together my own. Is that way. a Mormon philosophy? No, not necessarily. It's just like, oh, that poor soul, she missed the mark. Like she didn't really get it. But I, if you were to attend her funeral, um, I guess the pervading narrative was that, that we heard across the board from people who were recovering addicts and even street addicts all the way up to enlightened, whatever, that she was love. She was love. And she was a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. Mm -hmm. Like the way that she intuitively saw life didn't fit into this culture. And so, and I'm really grossly, you know, making this huge blanket statement about her all I know is that through her journals two years before she died, she, she stopped praying. She stopped trying to connect to God because she felt completely unworthy. But here she is full of love, right? So she just had this disconnect between the programming she had received. So I don't know that it's taught in our theology, even a how. It's just that state of mind of being cast out because you're not with the good people. You didn't make it. You, you made too many mistakes. And that's the dogma end of it. I don't know a lot of people that would completely subscribe, subscribe to that. Personally, I had to transition out of that a while ago just to deal with her, the grief of losing her. Um, however, you know, I've had my own battle with, when I was talking about there's that masculine patriarchal top-down, you know, white male approach and then there's this beautiful divine feminine essence who's all about collaboration and inclusion and taking everyone from the margins and putting them right in the middle. And why can't we all just live? Why can't we all just, and I was like, I don't fit into the other thing anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where is she in all this? Ah. So being a mother and imagining losing one of my children that way and being in heaven, like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, you can't be with the rest of the family because you did this thing or you turned against God or whatever. It just, it, it just doesn't line up. So that divine feminine, feminine face of God, ancient mother, womb awakening, all of that I've been living for 20 years and just parsing that out for myself. And I've, I feel like I've come to a really healthy place of looking at life. So I don't ascribe to the patriarchal old traditional way of absolutist mm -hmm. theology. I think, um, well, and, and because I also work with uh, predominantly women and, and that idea of the divine feminine and embodiment um, through dance, through coaching, through writing. And I think, you know, we're on very, very similar paths. Mm -hmm. And the divine feminine and feminine leadership yes. is coming into such full force right now. So where are you with that? What's your take with that? That's my whole career right now is... Um, kind of helping people ride the wave of the awakening, the mm -hmm. feminine rising, if you will. Um, old structures are going to fall. They are falling. Old dogma, old beliefs, marginalization, 
the race issue, the gender issue, you know, et cetera. And we're seeing it happening in governments. We're seeing it happening in academics, um, religion, family systems. So I have such a passion. I've been feeling this coming for a while, kind of right around the Me Too movement. It was like, yep, here we are now. Like, it's going to blow. And, and uh, so now I've just gotten this huge passion and conviction around helping women just to be who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm, st- I'm 51. I'm still figuring that out for myself. Uh, but I do know that if I answer and listen to the call of my own soul and my own knowing, that is God. They are one in the same, my divine soul. So I don't need to outsource my authority. I don't need to ask someone's permission. Um, and giving myself that permission was extremely painful. I had to do absolutely grueling deprogramming. Mm. Um, and how did you do that? It was just <laughs> crying, fetal position, sob, ugly, yuck, journaling. That could be the title, sob, ugly, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> basically what it is. It was not pretty. And, and I had to attach to women like you who were free and got me and didn't hang a doctrine over my head that I was somehow missing life or purpose and that I was deceived in things. No, don't you feel like you're diving deeper into life? Yes, and becoming more of myself versus what I was told I need to be. Yeah, I mean, God, you know, life is so full. Right, but the fear is if you live too much of life, you're on Satan's path. Well, who the hell said that? (laughs) The patriarchy. Well, that ain't my story. <laughs> wow, I've never actually ever thought that ever. Um, you know, and I was I was raised Catholic, but hardly. So yeah. I've always been on my own spiritual journey, and I've always studied different different forms of spirituality and fused them. Yeah. You know? I mean, I feel like I'm just one big jumble of everything that I believe in. It's not one path or another. Uh, I definitely feel that way. Yeah. If you look on my website, I say I'm something of a yogi, mystic, Christian, Buddhist, something like, yeah, totally. I just, totally. why, why do we want to make it just so narrow? Right. Because yeah, it's just, well, and you know, I think, God, you can look at that in so many ways. People need words to define things. Some people just can't think outside of the box. And that's not necessarily a bad thing all the time. I mean, they just need a word to describe something. Right. My word happens to encapsulate a thousand words. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, so for me, there is no box. And that's what I try to teach my clients is there is no box. And, right? there's, and God's not in a box. The universe is not in a box. Right. It's right. expansive. It's yeah. inclusive. Break down the walls. That was the name of my poetry book is Breaking Down the Walls. Mm. Bam, get them out of here. <laughs> so, wow. Love it. Yeah. And um, so you, speaking of books now, you are a writer as well. I am, yeah. I've, it's so funny because I've been writing this. Well, I self-published a book on depression in 2007. Took it out of print, made it an ebook, And then I've been working on this book for like 10 years. And it just hasn't come together and, until I had to pass through my awakening. Because had I put this book out there even two years ago, it would not be the same book that it's morphed to be. 
um, lots of transition. I almost got a divorce. Um, my husband and I had this huge awakening as a couple. Um, my faith transition through the yuck of Mormonism to find the beauty that's in there for myself. Um, so much, so, so, so much richness and learning about the divine feminine and taking sacred pilgrimages to Europe on the Mary Magdalene path. Oh, yeah, I saw um, that. yeah, just, I had to just give myself permission to just, and once I did that, so the book is called if she could speak and it's not done yet. No, but oh, it's, oh, it's, in, it's, it's me. I'm the one, like, I always thought it was writing about, Oh, mother earth. If she could speak, Oh, my sister who committed suicide, if she could speak, Oh, you know, Mary Magdalene, if she could speak, but it's like, no, it's you. <laughs> and so, yeah, wow. I do. I do love, I do have courses online for people and I do have beautiful things in the works that people can access. Just not a physical book right now. So when do you think that? <laughs> so I'm going to begin writing in earnest in November and I'm hoping to have everything edited by spring and published in about a year from now. I already have signed with Balboa Press. It's a self-publishing arm of Hay House. So I'm working Congratulations. on- Yeah, it's, it's, it's in the works. It's just, I, like I said, I could not have put it out any sooner than now. Sure. Like it's just- Sure. Well, everything in its time. I mean, I was working on my book for years. And uh, when was it? In December, I decided to take a different route. And I wrote it in 90 days. Wow. I hope I that happens to me. <laughs> I rewrote it. Well, I can help oh. you with that. But I, I rewrote it and it changed. It morphed. It's not quite the book that I was expecting it to be. I think that book is still probably coming um, from soulless job to creative abundance. Cool. Finding fulfillment and prosperity with your art. Um, and it was great. And who would have known COVID was going to happen? Yeah. So it was very timely and very appropriate for what's happening now and what people are going through right now. And I self-published it. And again, this is my fourth book. Um, and, you know, it's just, I learned a different way to write a book, which was fantastic. Tell me, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you later. <laughs> I just, what I envision is just very similar to what you said. I just want to download it because uh, Anne Lamott talks about you know, talking to writers, she's like, just write the shitty first draft. Don't, don't be concerned with what it looks like, syntax, grammar, content, form, whatever. Oh, yeah. Get it out of you. Yeah. And then find, is that kind of what you did? Mm -hmm. Cool. And we're talking like in days. Mm. Days. Wow. Not years. <laughs> well, that's what I'm, that's woo. That's what I'm shooting for. Right. So, so I mean, it started, I, 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 took this turn at the end of December and it came out in April, April 14th. Mm. And that, and then that was the ebook. And now the hard, the paperback is going to be out in August. And then if I choose to do an audio book that will come out a little bit later. So it's just a different way of approaching publishing. And I've got my master's in publishing. Wow. I went back to graduate school when I was 50. Now you're 50. I'm 60. I'm going to be 63 in two You look weeks. great. I'm you just great. having the time of my life. Thank you. <laughs> um, and I got my degree in writing and publishing my master's. Mm. So like I said, this is my fourth book. And there are just so many different ways. But you've got a press. So that's really exciting. Yeah. And, you know, an outside yeah. press. 
Um, well, it holds your butt to the fire. Yeah. To have yeah. another. Yeah. And, and you need that. Yeah. I mean, and you know that as a coach, you know that people need someone to hold them accountable. Right. People need to have a hand to hold. And that's what I'm always working with my, my clients is like, I'm here and you can ask for help. You can ask for guidance and it's okay. Yes. Women can do that. <laughs> we it's actually preferred. Yeah. I think that that was burdening me through much of my adult life is just feeling like it was all up to me and mm -hmm. feeling unsupported. And most of my um, career path and biz international business stuff has been focused on emotional well-being and emotional things. So I just became this holistic psychologist and learning how emotions held in the body. And I noticed my hips and lower back were being affected, which is all about feeling unsupported, financial stuff, all kinds of things. And I was like, what if I believe... What if I release the belief that it's not all up to me and that there is massive support out there, massive collaboration. And um, it, it's like, oh, wow, how would that be? <laughs> you know, and, and so yeah. that's a work in progress. Yeah. And how, how is that? It's very liberating. It's a little rocky to found, find my footing with that, but it feels really alive in me to just live with the whole universe has your back thing. Um, because again, my programming was, I'm, if I try to, I'm going to get deceived. I'm going to um, end up being super miserable and unhappy. Um, all of these old beliefs from ancestral lines all the way back, just releasing and releasing and releasing. So finding my footing and staying grounded in my body and recognizing my body is my vehicle for empowerment. It's not the enemy. It's not the vehicle of temptation, all of these things that I was programmed with. And uh, yeah, so it's liberating. It's just, I, I know it here, but my body needs to catch up. So, so let's talk about that for a minute. So how do you embody that or how do you work your body? Yeah. So once I stopped seeing my body as the enemy, at least, you know, conceptually, sure. uh, I did a lot of things that most people do. I got out that awakened to that, right? Nature was calling me. I was aware of that, that nature was like, here I am. And then of course, did a whole divine feminine path and mother earth and Gaia and all of the goddess stuff. Um, totally took a deep dive vendor into researching that, but yoga, breath work, guided meditation, anything that, so any system or institution it tries to take you out of your own knowing and outsource your own authority and your own embodied wisdom, especially the embodied feminine wisdom. We need to be waving red flags. Yeah. Right. And so I, because for so long I had done that, I had deferred my own knowing because these guys are the authorities and they know, and I, who am I? I'm just some like lady. Um, <laughs> so that's been like taking back my power, putting it back in my body, which really I think was what Jesus was teaching all along and the Buddha and all Hinduism, you know, Sufi, Sufi, everything. Yeah, totally. It's even the Kabbalic uh, Jewish teachings, get in your body. That's it. Like, I don't know how we got into this theology or this mindset it's not even in just religion that somehow our body is going to do us wrong or we have to combat well, it. You know, and there was a time and, and it's been a while. I used to work a lot with this with another woman. We co-taught co classes and this is like 20, 30 years ago. 
because um, I, I developed this style of dance. And I worked with her and she was a mythology queen. I mean, she, she knew all the stories. Love it. And we, we started diving into dance as ritual, dance as healing. And there was a time in the Catholic church where boys would dance in church hmm. and then it became outlawed wow dance was outlawed there was a time <laughs> when they wonder why that is it's body shaming stuff yeah. it has to be yeah and that was you know centuries ago and i wish i could remember more about what time of year this was and whatever but anyway you know it's just fascinating to see the the cultural differences over the year. And, and I studied a lot of different cultures and North African healers and the Gedra and the Tsar and all these beautiful dance as ritual dances, healing modes. Mm. And, you know, and that falls into all the work that I do as a dancer mm. you know, and, and feeding the divine feminine. But you have to embody, you've got to yeah. get out of your That's head. what dance is. It's getting you back in your body. It's moving. Yeah. Yeah. So whether it's yoga or walking or just being outside in nature, it's being present in the body. Yes. Right? Yes. They should be holding all worship services outside. Oh, wouldn't that be something else? <laughs> oh my God. Change the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> wow. Well, oh, Cherie, what a, what a, Oh, magical time just to connect with you and see what you're doing and and to, to see the changes you've gone through and the the lessons and the the pain and the turmoils but also the gifts and the love mm -hmm. that you're bringing to the world thank it's you beautiful. so beautiful any any last things you want to say to our people out there yeah well wherever you are in your path you know whether you're trying to take back your power or just really niche into your gifts and what's my contribution here on this beautiful earth just know that everything's in divine order you haven't missed your window um everything is unfolding as it should you needed to pass through certain life experiences um you had to fall down you had to go through things i feel just really giving women that assurance is important because we are our own worst critic and we tend to be <laughs> hardest on ourselves and then we think oh my gosh look what everyone else is doing oh look at Sheree and Paulette like they're really alive in their work and they know what they're doing I it, it's evolving for me um as I'm sure it is for you and we had to go through our own seasons of disillusionment and loss and all these things so I guess I would just validate women who, wherever they're at you know it doesn't matter who you are where you've been what you've done you're worthy um it's your time and the world needs you the world needs your gifts um and if it is okay i would love to give your listeners an offer a free offer so <laughs> excuse me um you can just go to my website shereeburton.com and i'll put that in all in the notes uh -huh. okay thank you yeah my name is c-h-e-r-i-e it's parents yeah Anyway, uh, <laughs> and there's, if you scroll down to the, a little bit, you'll see it's a free healing kit. So it's a free PDF you can download. It's just this really fun lookbook. Oh, it's of yummy. I just got it myself. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just this lookbook of how to nourish your senses and just love yourself. And, and really that's 
we got to do that. No one, we're waiting around. No one's going to do it for no, us. We got to do it for ourselves. Even if they love you, like nobody, my husband and I have been married 25 years. He loves me. Like he is not going to meet my needs for self-nourishment. Like I have to do that for myself. So yeah, that's just an offer for your listeners. And um, thank you for that. Yeah. Love that. Sure, Love that. Oh, so good. Well, again, thank you for being here mm. for your time and for the work that you do and the work that you bring to the world and the change that you bring. And I can't wait for your new book. Thank <laughs> you, Paulette. I can't wait for yours. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's about 8,000 more in, the, in my brain somewhere. But, <laughs> so, and thank you everybody out there in our beautiful heart and hustle land. I'm so grateful for you being here. As always, I love to know your feedback, your comments, your takeaways, your questions. You definitely connect with Cherie from her site and join her list and get all the goods that she has to offer. Um, and, and I just appreciate your time spending with me and growing our tribe and, and bringing magic and bringing health and wellness and goodness and change mm. to the world, right? Love it. <laughs> love it thanks Ooh. so much paula this has oh, been all right really fun okay thank you everybody we'll see you next time Mwah.